This podcast is brought to you by X-Blades. This is The Running Game, a podcast that covers rugby from the ground up. I'm Tim Gilbert. I'm joined by Matty Dunning. Matt, look, it's all about the British and Irish Lions and South Africa at the moment. And what about the dust-up from the from the South African coach about the Aussie ref? Oh, mate, it's uh, it's been fantastic. I guess Stan and lockdowns given us the ability to, to, to watch rugby 24 hours 7 if we want, if, as long as our, you know, we don't get too much trouble from the from, from the boss. But, um, no, nah, it's been awesome. It's been a great series, really competitive, you know, a lot of kicking in the first game but I, I just think it's been a, a great standard and a, and a great spectacle and I think um, it's just great banter off the field Rassie Erasmus going at referees going at the, the whole line it's just been really good I think it's been good for the game I think you know we need a bit of that so many other sports thrive like UFC and boxing and league about having rivalries and having that you know the story the story within the story outside the, the field and I think uh, it's done it's, it's, it's had to be there's no spectators so the Lions tour is really based on you know Lions fans travelling that's what it's based on they haven't been able to do that so having this away from the the field is, is just kept interest up Facebook and social media mm. you know South Africans and, 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 and Lion supporters going at each other I love it yeah nothing like a blow up I was talking to someone today about the uh, you know some people want to rip the personality out of individuals but it makes life worth living alright we've got a huge show on the way today Wallaby Lock and uh, of course uh, he's, he's a very clever guy this guy David Lyons what a mighty runner he was he will join us and Renee Park the president of Central North Junior Rugby Union. Now that takes in Moree, Narrabri, Gunnedah, Corindai, Scone, Tamworth, all those places. It's a huge area. Baraba, Walker. We look forward to talking to Renee as well. Now, Maddie, looking at your bio, and I've seen this obviously for many, many years now, born in Canada. And I've never had the opportunity to ask you. Why? <laughs> yeah, born in Calgary, Canada. Minus forty degrees the day I was born um, in December. Yeah, no. Um, it's 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 everyone says you got relatives over there. You know, you know, were you bound to play ice hockey? Um, it's it's really quite simple. Mum and Dad went for a six month holiday uh, to go to the Montreal Olympics and just stayed for eight years. Wow. All our relatives are in Australia and you know different heritage, but you're all all Australian and. As I say to people, if I if I had been born in Japan, I would have looked exactly the same as I do, except I'd be just doing uh, sumo wrestling instead of rugby. And, uh, <laughs> well, it's, it's quite appropriate. It's quite appropriate now to tell that story because the Montreal Games 1976, we're in the middle of the Olympics at the moment. I remember that game as well. Stephen Holland won a bronze, and I think the Kookaburra's got a silver, and that's when they overhauled the whole system and got yeah. the Australian Institute of Sport going. Hundred percent, because we won no medals. Mum and Dad didn't. We won a gold medal, sorry, no gold medals. So, uh, mm. yeah, look, it's been quite interesting. So, obviously, my brothers are the same. My, my younger brother, one of my, my middle brothers, my youngest, young, he's still younger than me though. He uh, he was born in Canada also, and he played five tests for Canada. Um, on that basis, I, I often say to him, reminding him playing test football for Canada is like playing third grade for Eastwood, but he doesn't <laughs> like that very much. But um, and then my youngest brother, who's actually born in Australia, he's six years younger almost. Um, he went and played in the Canadian Twenty Ones. So they both went back over to Canada and stayed in British Columbia and and played through the Canadian system and had a ball. You know, Josh was able to go and play in the Under Twenty Ones tournament 
in uh, in Argentina against uh, wow. Dean Mum and Ben Robinson, who he'd, he'd grown up playing for, who played for Australia. And um, yeah, look, I think rugby, you know, Canadian rugby in you know '91 was really strong. They made the quarter, I think they made the quarterfinals of the World Cup. And since then, Canadian rugby is nowhere near as strong. But um, yeah, it's um, I think that's the great thing about our game. It's global, and that's the one thing I always say to people when they're talking about different sports. You, you can, you, as long as you've got a pair of boots and a mouth guard, you can travel the world and you'll get a job, find a rugby club, they'll give you a job, they'll give you somewhere to stay and you'll have, a, you'll have an amazing time. And that, that's what our game can, can provide people. It, it, it's, it's awesome. And it's great places in Canada for those listening. And I think a lot of people are, are thinking about travelling at the moment where they can't. But uh, I covered the Vancouver Winter Games and then took my family back to, to ski over there. Look, it's just, it's just a fantastic, very similar uh, lifestyle to here. Very similar. They just swear a lot less. That's that's one thing my dad said. He's because uh, dad went over there and played for the Calgary Irish and played for Alberta, and he loved it. And, and just that lifestyle with him, mum. They 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 they, went, they joined a rugby club, didn't know anyone. They then they knew everyone. He you know ski trips, you know traveling around Canada, playing football, going overseas to to to, to Ireland on tours. You know it's uh, it's amazing. Mum and dad knew no one in Canada, and within joining a rugby club, they had friends for life, and they still see them now. And you know it's uh, it's incredible. You know, that doesn't happen in other sports like that. No, it's a great story. And I I remember going to Calgary Airport and it was freezing and it reminded me of the late, great John Candy with Cool Runnings at Calgary Airport. But uh, that's a cracking story. Look, we've got a huge show on the way. Coming up, uh, a former teammate of yours with the Wallabies. What a great number eight he was, David Lyons. Lyons, one of the greats. Could, Could run a football harder than anyone. The running game, and a man that, uh, I tell you what, he could run with the football, couldn't he? One of uh, Australia's best number eights over this modern generation. David Lyons, how are you? Oh, I'm well, thanks, gents. Thanks for having me on. It feels like a long time ago being able to run like that. I wouldn't be able to run too far now. Thanks for coming online. How you been, mate? Uh, how's life after rugby treating you, mate? Yeah, everything's good. Thanks, Matt. Um, it's always good to catch up with you, my old teammate. Um, <laughs> everything's going well. Thank you. I'm like everyone. Everyone's a bit bored of lockdown, but um, things could be much worse, couldn't they? No, no. You, uh, you've got a uh, an official role uh, with with Sydney Uni now, part of their um, administration, part of their management team. Um, how's things going? If we forget about the lockdown for a minute, um, how are things going at Sydney Uni? Yeah, well, obviously, uh, I'm involved as the president there now, and um, yeah. things things were going pretty well to to lockdown. Um, you know, the club was had had a hard off season, worked hard, and um, you know, we'd really hit the ground running, particularly in our first grade side was was undefeated and had been playing really well. So um, it's a bit of a shame when you when you really hit form like that and no one knows whether the season will whether we'll get to complete it or not, but they're still working very hard on, on their own and catching up a lot on, on Skype and things like that. But um, you know, it's very much an unknown, I guess. So, Dave, you're a very passionate Sydney Uni man. You took every opportunity you had when you were playing to go back and play for the students. So I know how much you love that club and you're giving back to it now. I guess sometimes Sydney Uni cop a, a, a bum rap from a lot of other clubs, I guess, because you're so successful. Mate, can you tell us some things that Sydney Uni are doing sort of to give back to the game and sort of what you do with some, you know, if you're involved, I know you don't have a junior club as such, but you might have some juniors and some other areas where you're sort of helping rugby as a whole? Yeah, there's a number of things we do, Matt. Thanks for that. What Obviously, we've got a 
a close association with our junior clubs in, in Canterbury, Petersham and, and Balmain, and we obviously work with them very closely to try and promote the game. But one thing we did a couple of years ago um, when we saw that, you know, a lot of the professional levels of the game were pulling out development offices and, and things like that. So w- what we did a few years ago was actually um, employ a full-time director of junior rugby and a director of women's rugby. So so that person spends a lot of time going out, promoting the game, not only in our in our region, but um, they go out. We've got a, a close association with Central West Junior Rugby in the country, which which is where I grew up and there's there's a number of um, you know players even playing at our club currently. I think there's four or five Central West juniors playing in our in our club currently, and we do a lot with them as you know coaching their coaches and and coaching days in in the country and and really giving back to the game where we can. Also at the women's level, we've um, you know employ someone to run some elite women's academies. Have three of those, two in the city and one in the country, and so that's. You know, that's that's our big focus, trying to, you know, do the little bit we can to promote the game in our own area, but also help help the country kids out. What about club level, uh, David? You, you and Matt both were good enough to take it all the way, but a, a big part of taking it all the way was you playing at club and then going back and representing, and it would all happen as one. And it doesn't happen quite like that as much anymore. Um, how much – and it's almost to a person that we've had on this program – they want elite players playing as much club rugby as they possibly can. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, when Australian rugby was was the strongest it's been, people were were playing a lot more club rugby, I think. And and one of the things as well, some of the some of the best players had to really earn their stripes by by coming through club rugby. I find a little bit from time to time now with, with so much competition amongst the five teams to sign players at a young age that too many players probably don't get the opportunity to prove their worth in in uh, Shoot Shield or even in the Brisbane competition. So that's something I'd like to see um, everyone come back and play more and more. And I think from what I understand, I think um, the way the Super Rugby season is structured now, finishing a lot earlier and then the club rugby going a bit later, that I think if COVID wasn't around that, I think we would have had an opportunity to see a lot more Super Rugby players back in Shoot Shield. So, fingers crossed, we'll see it next season. And you think that'll happen, David? There's no directive. Like I sometimes worry, and Sydney Uni should know more than anyone, right? You guys have got the most probably professional professional players uh, with all out of any of the clubs. Other other states and the the, the franchises, I guess you call them now, are they working to working with your coaches to get their players back and playing? Because I remember when we were playing, Dave, you'd train at Coffs Harbour, you'd be on camp at Coffs Harbour, you'd flown down on a Friday or Saturday morning to play club footy and fly back into camp. You know, that's, how, that's what we used to do. Is that still, you think that could happen again? Oh, it's hard to say the last couple of years just because of COVID's. Mm. Different and everyone's in a bubble and and no one is is game to let their their players out of the bubble. So, you know, there's been talk leading into COVID that that was part of the season changing so that it didn't overlap with Super Rugby as much. Was mm. that the people not in the Wallabies team would be playing a lot more club rugby? So, um, let's hope that happens when we're when we get a bit of uh, free space outside of COVID. 
there has been some real green shoots in the game of rugby and, and the test series against France was, was compelling. Like uh, both my boys play and, and they loved watching it as well. And, and I really enjoyed it. It, it, it. Not just because we won, but, but all three test matches were very watchable. Yeah, definitely. In particular, the last game, I thought the skill level, um, but both sides really lifted a lot. And, and, and that's the thing about, about rugby, I think that you know it can be it can be terrible to watch, but a great a good game of rugby. There's nothing better. There's no sport better to watch. And I think you know we seem to be building quite a good culture there. Um, we've got free to air coverage now, so that's that's good for the game. And I think I think we'll start to build a little bit of momentum at the Wallabies and and have a few better results. And I think that'll result that'll turn out you know, for get more viewers and more people will get behind the Wallabies again. And with the current professional player, Dave, obviously we came from a different environment and people before us probably had their own comments. Where, where do you think we're doing things really well at, at, at the elite player level and where are, we, where are we getting it wrong? And I guess conversely, where are we doing the same thing in the sort of the, 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 the grassroots game too? Well, I think one of the things I think definitely – you know, from a physical preparation point of view, the players these days are at the top of their game. They're they're so focused on being stronger, faster, fitter than than ever before in the game. One thing I think we lose a little bit from time to time, and and coaches don't seem to appreciate is is the rugby smarts, the the way people can read the game one step ahead, the way they have a natural flair of when to pass, when to kick, when to run. I think, you know. Too many players are becoming a little bit of a robot and that quality for that super smart player that can find a gap, knows when to pill for the ball, when to when to leave it alone is something that is probably coming out of the game a bit more, but is something that I think will always have a lot of value in the game. As a, as a boy from the bush originally, uh, one, of, one of the criticisms of rugby, particularly over the past decade or so, has been what some see as a fracturing. So if you're out of Kutamundra or Molong or wherever in country rugby and, and you're looking at the city, do I feel a connect with what's going on at Moore Park? Yeah, I don't know. It's it's hard to say. You know, we've a bit interrupted from COVID, which also meant that we lost a lot of development offices and everything like that. But um, there's a couple of reasons for a little bit of a disconnect. I think one of the reasons we have a bit more of a disconnect is, you know, we're t- talking 20 years ago, every kid from New South Wales that was good enough would play for the Waratahs. Now that when we've got five teams, people have people from their school, their local junior club and elsewhere playing for all different teams in the country. And I think that's something that, helps to create a little bit of a disconnect. I think the Waratahs try and do the best they can to connect, but, um, you know, money's obviously a problem at the moment. And let's hope that um, the Waratahs can get very successful again, get some money into the coffers, and that that will help fund a bit more junior development and connecting with 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 our locals, particularly in the country. That's like I said with Sydney University. We saw that, you know, they were pulling development offices out of the country and we wanted to do the little bit we could as just one one little 
one little uh, amateur club to try and give back to the game out there. So I think if everyone, do, you know, does their little bit, it, it'll go a long way. So, so Dave, you've been out of the game a little while now and one of the great all-time tourists. You loved it and you love being part of a, a Wallaby outfit. What, what do you miss and what are some of your, your fondest memories from um, being involved with the Wallabies and touring and, I guess, playing? Oh, I think, um, you know, Matt, we had a lot of good times, you and I, over the years. But I think just, you know, going into the Wallabies as such a young guy, growing up with some of my some of my best mates, you know, going from a teenager to a man and, and travelling the world at the same time, learning life experiences, learning a little bit about yourself, learning about how to get along with other people, learning, learning to appreciate everyone's differences. I'd never change it for anything. Just just the ability to travel the world with some of your best mates and do something you love, I think was an amazing time in my life. Did you follow uh, the Matt Dunning transcript and give the game away, lose weight, give up the booze and <laughs> go on a fitness kick, drinking green juices? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I'm, uh, I'm probably, I've probably gone the opposite way, I think. Uh, not as disciplined as Matt is. <laughs> And so, Lino. So, so what? Are, what are you doing now? At, 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 obviously, you got Sydney Uni, but what else are you doing uh, post rugby? Uh, yeah, I keep myself busy, Matt. I've got a few few companies. I've got a French wine business where we import and distribute a lot of wine all over all over Australia. Um, run that with my wife Justine. From day to day, I. Um, you know, I've always, always growing up, even you probably remember, always um, studied and and worked part time and things like that. And now I'm I'm in mergers and acquisitions at KPMG, running a lot lot of deals there, and and love that. It gives me a lot of excitement and keeps me, uh, you know, sort of when you got a deal on that that big game sort of feeling that you got from from playing rugby. I still get it and and love what I do every day. I love wine. I my ears pricked when you mentioned French. <laughs> wine. I love a good uh, rosé from Provence or a Chablis. What, 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 uh, what's the business called and, and how can people get involved? Yeah, the business called French Vine, Vine with a V. You can check out our website. We've got a website direct to public as well. It's called frenchvine.com.au and you can order and pay on there and we'll well and truly look after you. Yeah, go and have a look at that if you're listening, frenchvine.com.au. Mate, thanks Heath for coming on, Lino. We'd love to get you back on, mate, and uh, yeah, I hope you, um, hope you all the success in, in post-rugby and uh, keep up the good work for the students, albeit, um, you know, I'm, I'm an Eastwood bloke through and through. <laughs> thanks, guys. Pleasure to be on and uh, keep up the good work with the show. Coming up on The Running Game, we're going to head to the country. Up near Scone, the president of Central North, it is Renee Park. Follow and subscribe to Sportonomic. Venture with me, Reese Lenarduzzi, and other industry experts and key players beyond the mere headlines and into the depths of sports business, law, economics, and finance. Find Sportonomic on your favourite podcast app now. Sportonomic, sponsored by Athlon Partners. Come find out about the emerging universe of sports capital at athlonpartners.com. All right, it is time to talk grassroots rugby, which we do every week here on The Running Game. And CJRU Delegate and also uh, President of Central North Rugby, Renee Park, how are you? 
I'm well, thanks, Tim. How are you? Very good. Thanks for coming on, Renee. I'm really glad you come on and uh, tell us a little bit about Central Nose Rugby. How are things, like obviously in Sydney, we're locked down, so there's no rugby, the kids aren't playing. What's happening in the Central North rugby-wise at the moment? Well, Central North at the moment, apart from the few restrictions, and we're still going ahead with our competition, so it's um, it's pretty much a normal season for us at the moment, you know, ex- you know except for a few uh, extra COVID protocols at every game. So it's great. We're probably three or four rounds off our finals, so we're getting to the pointy end. I was at the under-12 state championships with with my son and Central North were there. Strong and have always been strong. It's a big patch of land for our listeners who aren't quite aware of what Central North covers. Can you give us a little bit of insight into that? Yeah, we pretty much, um, it's a massive ground. We go, we start at Scone and we head out and circle around and border to Narrabri and take in Moree and come back in under Armadale to Walker and come down there along Tamworth and, you know, each of our – it's a massive area and, you know, our guys are travelling up to four hours of a Sunday to a um, gala day just to play their footy. And does that mean a bus trip for the senior team? Because I used to love a bus trip. Do you do many bus trips? Yeah, senior teams do a bus trip. <laughs> I love the bus trip. So – Obviously, uh, Central North, massive region, uh, huge number of kids and, and adults playing rugby, both you know, female and male. What's your sort of engagement level and your support level from uh, New South Wales and Australian rugby? Uh, New South Wales has been fantastic, particularly out here in the last couple of years. We didn't have a competition for our youth age group, um, and now we've just incorporated that in the last three years, and it, it, we've gone from you know, 80-odd players in 13 to 18 years of age to about 1,700. So New South Wales were really good in supporting us in getting that off the ground um, directly from down there at um, HQ out to through our um, development officer who was absolutely instrumental in getting it off the ground. That's a really positive story. So from, from your perspective, can you feel that relationship between the bush and the city getting better? The Because the, we mentioned it, we mentioned it with David Lyons earlier in the show as well. Uh, one of the criticisms of the game in New South Wales particularly has been a bit of the fracturing. A bit, you know, some people didn't feel like they belong like they should. Yeah, and I think there has been a lot of issues with that. And it's easy to be out here away from it all and and um, feel forgotten because um, we obviously have a, a hell of a lot different um, geographics and, and needs out here. And I think... As we keep pushing and we just got to keep stepping up and down and say, you know, we've got half the claim base of the junior registrations in country rugby. We just got to keep standing up and saying, we're here, this is what we need and, and this is how we need to work with you. And I think the big thing is instead of being a them and us, we need to see it as more as a um, partnership and um, both sides just keep working together. And that's, that's really good to hear, uh, Renee. It's fantastic. And, and what's the pathway like at the moment for your guys? Obviously, a, a lot of kids, when they start, I guess, sort of the 14 uh, uh, years of age up, even sometimes a bit younger, but more 14s and up, it's really important for these young footballers to have a really good pathway to further selection and honours and then continuing their football career. How, how is that How is that going and how is that done through Central North and Country and how does that look for you guys? Yeah, it's looking good. And the last couple of years has um, been even better with the uh, incorporation of the Gem Blue. And so our guys, you know, as long with Sydney, they, they um, have their, go to the state and country champs representing their zone and their districts. And then we, um, we pick our country teams and we have a pretty big country program and, you know, it, it ends in July where we um, we do play the city country game, but we also come up against the two other junior associations with schools and Sydney and have a tournament there in um, our 16s in particular when they work up to there. And then, you know, from 15s and up, we, then, we between all our games, we can then um, get selected into those Gem Blue programs, which, you know, each year we're getting more and more players um, 
identified, which is great. You probably need a few extra hours in the day, Renee, because you're a mother. Your boys are at Kings in Sydney. They also play rugby. So how's it working just at the minute um, with all the restrictions in Sydney? Are they still at the school boarding studying or are they at home doing homeschooling? No, so they're both at home. Um, at the moment, uh, the lockdown sort of happened when they were all at home and with the schools uh, happening now, they're sort of doing online learning, which means footy for school is uh, n- not happening at all at the moment, unfortunately. They got one round game in and then it's all shut down since. But, you know, it, it's so great to see, and this is where it's another positive thing, is we're out here in the country and because our competitions are still happening, a lot of those boys in at those boarding schools are now playing Back for their local clubs and Central North Juniors. How, how many registered sort of juniors do you have, and, and and have you got any young players who exceptionally well we should look out for in the future? Oh, they're all exceptionally well. We should be watching all of them. But, um, <laughs> but uh, no, we've got uh, we got I think our last count about eighteen hundred and ninety six just in Central North, and we do a combined comp with the New England, and um, we've probably got about seven hundred playing from six to twelve years, which is just a gala day base, and then we have our our youth comp, which, like I said, it's only about four years old and um, we've got plenty of players that have been playing rugby the whole time. But, you know, we've got a massive amount that have come over from league and um, soccer and everything and just joined the game in the last couple of years. Yeah, your boys and a few of those other guys are very lucky. I better keep my voice down in this household because there are people that want to be training and playing at the moment. And uh, look, they'll get back to it soon enough. Uh, Renee, I love asking this question because it is the game they play in heaven in, in the romantic words of those that talk about rugby union. What, what is it about this game that, that you love so much? I think it's a fit. It's like a big family. It's um, it is more than just a game, and it's a great game. But it's something that the whole family can be involved in, and and I think the core values that rugby has sets it out from any other game, and 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 you see that from every age group right through. Like we've got girls now, like it's growing astronomically. But even mums like myself, we can get involved and um, still feel part of it. We're not left at home. And, and the women's rugby, like we had um, uh, Emily Chancellor come on a couple of weeks ago in uh, Wallaroo. Ha, ha, what's the standard of women's rugby like in Central North at the moment? Uh, the, the girls game, the youth girls game's growing. It, it, the standards there are exceptional. Like we were very successful down at um, country's champs and state champs this year. Um, the women's game's still growing. Um, it, it's an area where it's probably started as sevens and it's trying to move into that next you know level, make it tens or 15 aside. I, I think that's a bit of a stretch, but you know, those youth girls, particularly our 16s and 18s, they're really strong at the moment. How can we make things better, Renee? If uh, uh, if we had the world according to Renee Park, uh, how would things be better? More rugby. <laughs> how could the game of rugby be better? <laughs> I, I, I'm with you on that. Yeah, yeah. No, it, I, I think it's just more of it, more more exposure, more, um, you know, more coming together and bringing the opportunities back from the, from the bush into the city, the city out to the bush and, and, and just – bringing it more together, I think. And I think that's the way to go. And like, you know, with my boys and many others, they what the opportunities they get um, down in those schools games as well is, is fantastic. And to, to see them come back out here now when they're, everything's locked down and to be able to join back into their local club, clubs, I think that's, that's what we need to see more of, more connection between every fraction. Uh, one of the massive improvements in rugby, I think, from from the bottom up has been things like, obviously, uh, Stan and covering uh, professional rugby, but also um, Clutch TV. Uh, has that impact, had a lot of impact on, the, on in the Central North, the rugby there, having the ability for the streaming and seeing games? 
Yeah, definitely. And I think Clutch has been fantastic. Um, you know, I mean, even in our house, it's going nonstop and being able to watch repeats and all of that. It's just, it's do, it's giving it so much more exposure and, and it's putting it out there and, and it's, you know, it's on the forefront of everyone. And I think the more we can get it out and more on Clutch, the better. Like um, this year, I know I th- most cunt, uh, grand final games will be live streamed on Clutch and it's just amazing. Like last year when we shut down, um, I know the boys were playing down in the GPS comp, but parents and spectators weren't allowed to go. But all the games were on clutch and it was fantastic. And a lot of us laughed about it because we actually got to watch more of the rugby as opposed to being on the sideline and um, being social. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I know even with the state champs, there were certain games uh, across those whole three days that were on clutch and many people that couldn't get there for work or whatever reason had the great opportunity to watch their kids play. So, uh, yeah, more of that, more of that, please, I would say that from everyone. So how are we going to go against New Zealand? The uh, No doubt your household was buzzing against the uh, the French. How are we going to go in the uh, Bledisloe Cup? Oh, let's hope we can come out like we did in that last game and be very courageous and fight hard. Like that was a tremendous fight from the Wallabies and it was really pleasing to see and get that electricity back into us all. So, Renee, around your dinner table, obviously two boys, rugby fanatics, your husband, I imagine, loves his rugby um, and yourself. Is it just all about rugby at your table? Is there anything else spoken about? Uh, quite often it is, and we have a, also have a daughter who reminds us all that life isn't just all about rugby. <laughs> I imagine it's hard for her. <laughs> I will say, I think she's getting to the age she uh, she's starting to um, want to come along to the rugby games now. Renee, look, all the very best with Central North, and it's been a, a real treat to have a, have a chin wag. We'd love to have a chat with you again on the running game. Yeah, definitely. Um, particularly, you know, we come to the end of the season. So thanks for having us on here. Um, it's been great. That's it for The Running Game this week. We'll be with you every week with more rugby chat, great interviews. Follow us on your favourite podcast app. Thank you to today's guests, David Lyons and Renee Park, and thank you to our wonderful sponsors, X-Blades, and our brilliant producer, Mr. Dan McHugh. See you next time, Matty. Thanks, Timmy. You are great this week. Oh. Extraordinary. You are fantastic. Not as good as you, my friend.